Mate, this is going to be awesome. It's not stayed to come down for that one. Hit him, hit him. It's more than just a hobby, it's who we are. Cracker. That's why we hunt. Welcome to the Educated Hunter Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate OE. As most of you would know, Curran and I run a business called Ultimate OE. And we specialise in sending young Kiwis and Aussies to Canada and Scotland to work in the hunting industry. Applications for next hunting season, so 2020, both in Canada and Scotland, are now open. As hunters, we're not often happy with inauthentic experiences. We're always looking for something adventurous, more exciting and more unique. Same goes for overseas experiences. We deliver once-in-a-lifetime opportunities working for the best outfitters in Canada and the best hunting estates in Scotland. Our train-before-you-go setup means that we can secure all the best jobs with the best employers, with the best people and the best spots all ahead of time because they know you're going to turn up with the knowledge and skills to hit the ground running when you get there. If you're interested in an OE in Canada or Scotland next year based around hunting in the mountains, it doesn't get much better in my opinion. If you think you might be interested or just want to learn a little bit more about what we do, feel free to get in touch and get us on email at ultimateoemail at gmail.com and flick us a PM on Facebook or Instagram, either through the Educated Hunter or Ultimate OE pages. Either will work, whatever blows your hair back. Enjoy the show. So today I'm catching up with Ben Young. Uh, I've known Ben for a few years now. He did the Ultimate OE in 2015 uh, and travelled to Canada, Northern BC for a couple of years where he was a very successful guide. Uh, he's now back in New Zealand doing a bit of crayfishing and flying helicopters. The reason his name may sound familiar is because he is the young pilot that saw a moose in Fiordland last week. So basically I caught up with Ben and he really wanted the opportunity to share his story or his event in real form. So it's it's a podcast it's a long story of what happened but it's a it's a real story he's unfortunately found that becoming a celebrity overnight has some good and bad and he's copped a bit of flack the unfortunate reality is a lot of the stories that have come out either online or in paper have missed a few key details and and sort of made it sound a little bit different to what it was so this could potentially be the only interview Ben does certainly at this stage and it's it's a really cool podcast. We um we talk about his credentials as a guy capable of seeing moose and judging moose, um, but also what he thought of the moose in Fiordland prior to his sighting and and what he hopes to achieve now. So super cool podcast. We've deliberately left some names of people out and some I guess landmark names, valley names out for obvious reasons. And, I, and one one other thing I want to close with is some of the negative feedback Ben has received, obviously very unfortunate, but it's actually quite intimidating. And I would hope that any of our listeners, whilst it's 100% up to them to make their own decision and make an opinion on whether he did or didn't see a moose, uh, and, and you're 100% entitled to your own opinion, uh, we do ask that perhaps you keep it to yourself if it isn't something you believe in because it's 100 percent fine not to believe in it but um there's certainly no need to uh i guess share negative responses to him because he didn't he didn't make any of this up i i 100 percent believe that he is adamant he saw a moose what that means for me in terms of moose and fjordland i haven't got to that stage yet but i am 100 percent convinced that he believes he saw a moose so enjoy the podcast. It's a cool one. All right, that'll that'll do us, man. We're underway. So I got Ben Ben Young with me, and uh, poor fella has found himself in the limelight pretty quickly. Around, uh, I, I, I'm going to call it a potential, but don't let that distract from the fact that you did. You know, you believe you see it, but the uh, potential or the sighting of the moose in Fiordland last week. So was it first week in March? Was it or was it actually that? Uh, yeah, it would have been probably. Was it last? Last Saturday, so 
Yeah, about a week, whatever that week is ago. A week ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. February's a short month, so it either makes it the first or the twenty eighth or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, either way, somewhere in semantics. There. But um, I should know. <laughs> before we actually talk about that, like I think it's only fair if we talk about the Ben in terms of the hunting and your background, man. So then people can get some sort of context on the fact that, or, or start putting their own picture. Everyone's going to make their own decision yeah, yeah, around yeah. this. Obviously, like we can't control that, but. But so, how long have you been hunting for me? Uh, I guess like it's just been brought up in my family, you know. Like my my old man's pretty keen hunter, and I'd say even probably more of a keen hunter than I am. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, right from young age, shot my first deer when I was seven or eight or something like that. You know, just mm. young. You know, didn't really know anything about it, but that was just what we did. Yeah, and, and your old man's still hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and um. Do a lot of hunting with him still too. It's quite, quite cool. cool. It's, oh, well, it's funny, you know, like when you leave school and that, you all you want to do is go hunting with your mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go, come back, and then it's like get a bit older. And yeah, you get a bit older, and you're like, oh, all you want to do is go hunting with the old man because yeah. you realise that he's not so full of shit, you know. Yeah, well, I think you just <laughs> go through a section, especially as a young guy, of knowing better than anybody else, and yeah. that included your old man. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I did the same. Yeah. So. So based on that, obviously, hunting passion, the first time we met was uh, 2016? Uh, yeah, did, yep, 2016. Yeah, Otomaroi Canadian stuff in 2016? Yeah, Otomaroi Canadian stuff in 2016. You oh, definitely, 2015? 15, did yeah, you, did you yeah. 15 and 16? 2015, 16, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, right. 2000. About this we time, 2015. 2015. Yeah, 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 so, man, it's a blur, eh? There's been a few guys <laughs> come from Kony now, but... Um, so we met up at the Canadian training course, and then Post that, you did a couple of seasons up in northern BC. Yeah, yep, did mm-hmm. two seasons up there. Yeah, and um, but from what I understand, like talking to guys that work with you and um and and the, and the outfitter, like you, they what one of them actually referenced something is like I don't know how he does it, but the animals seem to find him more than he finds them or something like that. Like, <laughs> like you obviously had a fairly successful time, yeah, you know, like yeah. in terms of your guiding and that. No, I definitely got after it over there and. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess you get out of it what you put into it. So, yep. you know, some of those clients are only there, you know, they save their whole lives to be there. So you try and give it your 100%, you know, mm. for it. Um, give them the best hunt that they could get. Best opportunity, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of went on that and I was fit. I was yeah. like... Young and keen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Keen to just get after it, make the most of it and... uh yeah, sometimes we're running hungry, so <laughs> <laughs> needed something to eat. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the reason I guess we've we got to this point is, I guess legality-wise, we've talked about a few legality differences in Canada on this podcast previously, but the big one to fit with this conversation is around the legality of moose and needing to assess you know, the, the legalities on that moose. So when we're guiding moose in BC... We're doing a lot of watching. So I, historically, but you, more importantly, you've sat and watched a lot of moose. Hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is hours. It like, is, yeah. um, People don't, people that haven't done it or had a go at it don't understand that, how much watching you do. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the one thing, I think all hunters will actually appreciate this when I say it, but the one thing we get from watching animals, be it through legality like in Canada or, or just that's the way we like to hunt, Without thinking about it, we subconsciously identify the way their eyes work, the way their ears work, their nose, their mannerisms, like all, all the sort of traits that make up what an animal does. Yeah. And that's what we then use the next time we're looking for these animals. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just the way your brain works. So, like, yeah. you know, seeing what you've already seen before. And like you say, you know, you just you look at the animal and you, you might sit there for two, three hours, you know, looking at the same animal just... And before you even move spot, you know, mm. it's just, yeah, checking the whole thing out and yeah. making sure. Mm. Well, that, and that's how, and, and every new hunter or, or a hunter or a new species, they'll always be quite amazed when they hunt with somebody. And they're like, how did you see that? Like, if it's not their version of seeing the animals broadside yeah. out in the open, but sometimes it is just that flicker of an eye or yeah. the ear or whatever that exactly, thing yeah. is we as hunters pick out. And also the other thing with, um, you know, the time in Canada is you're watching 
you're watching because because of the way the seasons work, you're watching moose all the time. If that makes sense, like you're not just watching them when they're rutting hard. No. Like, so early season, you might be sheep hunting or, or, or the likes of. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you would have spent some time just watching moose, thinking, oh, that could be a good ball if he gets there, or where are these bulls living and things like that. Yeah, you see them go right through their stages and of like. They're in the velvet, you know, at the start, and then right through, you know, into the hard, and then, you know, and then it gets cold and snowy, and you pull out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, like, you spend a lot of time, it's not only the bulls, you know, that you're looking at, you know, you spend a lot of time learning the habits of of mm. the cows and, and that too, because at the end of the day, if you're trying to get a bull, then it's... He's got to go to the cows. Yeah, it's a best <laughs> yeah, one yeah. way to get him yeah, attention. Yeah. No, know? exactly. It definitely, yeah. especially, especially I, well, my myself, I always concentrated on the cows sort of after the first rut. And then when they were going to cycle again, I was just like, well, yeah. if I knew one particular bull had cows up there, then they're probably going to stay there thereabouts for the next bull. And yeah. yeah. So there was definitely a lot of looking at cows. And, and I guess with, you know, quality optics, sometimes you're looking for quite a quite a bit of distance but at that point you're just putting the glass on moose so they are cows they are yeah, yeah. young cows they're old cows they're bulls young bulls like you're just watching moose right yeah yeah exactly yeah, like, it also helps in the following season too if you yeah I found that a lot you know if you kind of know where they're hanging out and whatever else mm-hmm. spend a lot of this time looking in places where mm-hmm. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah wasting moose, time yeah yeah, making quiet conversations with clients. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, uh, slightly off the moose, but the caribou, you know, you wake up in the morning and if there's no caribou there, there's no caribou there. Yeah. Some days you wake up and there'll be 300. Yeah, it's you know, mad to say. So you just got to fill the day in and you've got the binos up and you actually you sleep behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a guide secret. You're not supposed to say that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just looking busy. Yeah, sometimes no, yeah, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. You know, they're just and it's deceiving because for such a like harping back to the moose, but even the caribou in terms of size, like they're a big animal, mm-hmm. but then they're a big scrub too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it fits together for, in my book. And I've been thinking about this the last few days. You know, like um, I remember you know times like you'd be sitting there and you'd be looking at something and you know it's something, but you you know like. Uh, might be a cow moose standing there or something and you're just looking at it and then it's only just like when they move their head, you mm-hmm. know, like they're just, sometimes they're just standing there in mm-hmm. the middle of the, of the buck brush or whatever and you can't, yeah, yeah, and you you might have looked in that spot two hours for for the last two hours, you know, and not seen it but it's just yeah. been standing there, yeah. you know. But we, we did it last year when we were over there hunting moose for Matt's dad and like we went to the edge of the, the lake, so we're not even talking big distances, maybe two or three hundred, like not, yeah, you know, not extravagant in terms of glassing. And um, the buck brush was changing color and starting to fall, so it was a bit thinner, yeah. And uh, we basically were going to call it a quit on the fact there was no moose there, and then whatever changed, you know, that that click of the finger type thing, there's there's a young bull, you know, with two cows, and they're both hot, and he's chasing them pretty hard, like such a big animal, they just turn up. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, sometimes they're just standing there and you don't know how they got there because yeah. you can see hundreds of metres either side of them. But The other, I guess, and I'm not I'm not trying to build a picture for you, but I just think it's fairer if we talk about the things you've done. You've also done quite a bit of red deer hunting and probably chamois, I'm assuming, in Fjordland itself. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, yeah, done a lot of hunting in Fjordland itself. I do... Especially in the last few years, like uh, been cray fishing with the old man, mm-hmm. and you know any opportunity we get, you know you get off the boat and stretch the legs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, go and shoot a deer or or whatever. And we've seen them off the boat too. Like some days we'd be fishing and you might see twenty or thirty red deer mm-hmm. up on the slips, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I've done a lot of a lot of red deer hunting, a little bit of chamois hunting down there too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because well, I like I, was, I remember, I don't know how you remember different things, but I do remember back at training, you were either had just been down to Fjordland or you were just going down to Fjordland. Yeah, I think I. It was about <laughs> this up time. In a little wee red <laughs> familiar or something like it was. <laughs> the wee red rocket. Back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back in those days, I just been finished 
studying and mm-hmm. I'd been yeah I think I'd been down sea kayaking in Milford Sound yeah you've been doing something yeah and then come back up done the thing with you guys yeah, yeah. that's exactly how it went yeah. so um I guess you know to to chat now about the most sighting like what what were you actually doing up there like in true context like because I know there's been a couple of small articles yeah but, you know like feel free just to lay it out long form yeah so I, I guess um it's a beautiful day, like we uh, were in the Robbie in the 44. So I've just started like doing a bit of work for this company, mm-hmm. um, Southern Lakes Helicopters, and uh, I guess I was just on a like bit of an area familiarisation or trip familiarisation, and like we went, you know, took two paying passengers, and I was just along for the ride in the back seat, and we went you know, all the way up to Milford Sound and um, did a couple of landings up there and come down the coast and, yeah, like, we'd probably been flying for a good hour before seen it, you know, and, um, yeah, so he's flying up this valley. We hadn't long been, you know, flying after we'd just done a landing mm-hmm. and I'd seen a couple of deer in the in that valley and I was flying along and kind of take, take you back to what we were talking about before, you know, like... Um, you know when you're looking and you're glassing and you can, you're sort of moving your eyes so fast but something mm-hmm. like catches your eyes and before you can pull your eyes back to it, you already know what you've just seen yep. just by based on what you What you've experienced before. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was sort of like, was I, was I was looking for deer. That's just what I do when I'm yeah. flying, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just was out the bottom of the window and I looked and I was like, holy... That, did I just see a moose, you know, I was mm. a bit shocked and, um, yeah, and I sort of like looked again and, and sure enough, it was standing there and, and I said to Matt, you know, geez, I just seen a moose and he was like, no way, like just called yeah. bullshit straight away and, and I was like, no, I just seen a moose and he could tell in the tone of my voice, you know, like, oh, maybe this guy's actually serious, yeah. you know. And by that time, we'd sort of flown up the valley a wee ways. Um, yeah, and, and he sort of turned around, didn't mm. reef it round, you know. We've got clients on board. Yeah, yeah. You don't want them barely enough in the, <laughs> in the helicopter, you know. You don't need that, eh? So he just did a nice, like, gentle turn around, and we flew back. And so time scale was sort of exaggerated, if you know what I mean. Like what I'm saying is, it, it didn't, you didn't, because people won't understand time frames like I do from doing some pig work out of the choppers like sometimes yeah. you'll see something by the time you register it yourself communicate it to the pilot they then action and we didn't have clients so we actioned a wee bit quicker probably yeah but yeah to then still regather what it is you saw in a moving process exactly it's quite yeah. hard and it, like you say if you did a slow turn or slower turn yeah 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 and like we're doing 100 knots you know like that's almost, yeah that's almost yeah. 200 kilometers an hour like yeah yeah you're getting along and and it might not have been, you know, like that much time but before we flicked around, but it was enough like to be up the valley and coming back and sort of um yeah, like it was out looking out the front of the helicopters, you know. So we might have been maybe a kilometre or or two up the valley before we had actually mm-hmm. turned around, so mm. and just it wasn't there. No, well, it wasn't yeah. there. And but it's hard but, enough even to to relocate the same area. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And I think, like, um, there, was all, there was also that doubt in the helicopter that I'd even seen a moose from from the other, other pilot, you know, from Matt. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, nah, you're just crazy, you know, you haven't seen a moose. And yeah. didn't really take the time to... Um, have a proper look and, and mm. that we just kind of turn around and overflow it and you know time is money in a helicopter like, oh, we're, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're heading back to Tianao and with clients with clients you know yeah. like it would have been a different story if it was just me flying or me and him flying you know but we're we're not there to be mm. chasing moose or deer or yeah, yeah. anything like that you know like yeah. you're not yeah that's just not part of what we do Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're just curiosity. Was it like I can't say buck brush because that's Canada. <laughs> like, was it sort of in that five finger sort of half generation scrub? Like, what? what 
it was sort of like um, it's quite a nice little lake um, down in the bottom of the valley, and then the bush was sort of coming up from the side of the lake up the side of the hill, and in amongst the bush was sort of a bunch of these little clearings that were maybe ten ten square meters or a wee bit bigger than that, twenty square meters somewhere around there, and it was just standing right in the middle of that, so. You can imagine like this little clearing and you've got big trees going up either side of it and you're flying along and you don't actually get a look into the clearing until you're actually right on top of it. And then you also disappears pretty quick because Mm. of the same reason, you know. Um, So that made it pretty hard to, you know, I only got a couple of second look at it Mm. and it made it pretty hard to, do do anything else like well it's just the whole registration yeah thing, eh? like, yeah exactly because i mean this is probably a pretty valid time on this like up until this side and what was your belief around the fact that moose was still there or not there yeah so that's a funny one actually like i up until this day or until that happened i was a believer that you know maybe there could have been moose around but there is highly unlikely that in this day and age with the amount of helicopter traffic and people in there hunting fishing like charter boats that sort of stuff that there would be a moose mm. in Fiordland that hasn't been seen you know yeah and the other side of it too like where we were flying I didn't I didn't even know that was in the area of which moose others, were others had it, yeah. and like as far as I as far as I knew uh, the area where moose were in Fjordland was here at Creek and the Seaforth, you know? Mm-hmm. And outside of that area, then you're in Red Deer country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, w- I wasn't at any point thinking, like, about moose or hadn't, yeah. Yeah, because it, like it is where, and I've only through reading a couple of articles and, and the fact I did a podcast with John Breen, uh, earlier in the year, who I oh know, late last year, who had done a bit with Ken Tustin and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so a couple of the names I've heard of different things. Yeah, I sort of did my own internal background on it, and I so because it was actually an area, excuse me, where people believed they had seen reoccurring moose sign. That's is that the fairest way to sort of, yeah, you know? yeah. So because um, there's I've, a few areas where they've believed they've found moose sign. Yeah, but this was a yeah. reoccurring one, like where they felt animals were either passing through or coming back. Like there was different ages of sign. Yeah, exactly. In the adjacent valley, you know, which is only like a kilometre or two as the crow flies, but there's sort of a decent hill <laughs> in between. Yeah. And Fjordland Hill. <laughs> Fjordland Hill, yeah, a mountain range. Yeah, so Ken has done. I think he spent. He did four trips of ten days into there, and he's like found a bunch of moose sign like this is I couldn't give you a date but this is mm. back in the day and found a bunch of moose sign um he recalls a time where he flew in there with Mark Deaker and um could evidently see moose sign uh in amongst all the you know the feed in the in the mm-hmm. bush you know and mm-hmm. so they landed and went in and had a look and sure enough is what would be moose sign um and yeah so he went in and stayed yeah did 40 days in there mm. essentially and didn't find any moose but mm. reckons that he was as close as as you could get without actually seeing the moose mm. um yeah no I, I didn't know that you know that in that valley because that's a long like where we were it was quite a long way from Anything. here at Creek or Seaforth <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that you know where they were released and like I, I haven't done much research on the moose in Fjordland like I just kind of knew what the word was getting thrown around you know yeah. oh they got released in 1910 a few of them were shot like yeah it was as far as I knew you know I didn't I didn't base any of my uh, assumptions on actual facts I just yeah. based them on I guess what other people thought and mm. um, what you'd heard along the way, you know. Yeah, well, it becomes a, like uh, I, I raised this when I did this podcast with John Breen. 
I was like, in my mind, I mean, I think again, I'm not a big statistician. I don't, that sort of stuff doesn't interest me none. But like, since the fifties, there's not been an actual moose sighted, like in yeah, what up until a week ago. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. So or, or thereabouts. Again, I'm not I'm not being too specific on figures. But in my my thinking, even if they manage to have one a year, with the lack of predators and the I mean, there's a lot of water, but I don't know if that would count as an extreme in weather, like, like you know, likes of Canada. But with the mortality rate and the birth rate, like, there's still got to be somewhere between 20 and 30 moose. Like, that, that's how I worked. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if if we can't see one, then there should be 20 to 30. Like, how does... I, to me, it was in the too hard basket. Like, mm. unfortunately. Like, I love the I love the romance of it. Like, it's awesome like it was a it was a part of new zealand history that we had them here and they got released and they were there for hunting and you know these old boys and like a reference john you know like these old boys dedicating their time and passion to it like that's all awesome like i've got nothing but respect for them but i'm just like i just can't see how it works yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly and you're like wow uh, and and like listen to ken like ken's an inspiration he's so um you know, like he's done a done the science behind it, mm-hmm. and he's he's methodical and um, doesn't rule anything out. You know, mm-hmm. like and he's hung on in there, and like I feel sorry for the poor bugger because he uh, he he got a photo of a moose, and I think maybe in the seventies or something like that, but it was deemed too blurry yeah. to be a moose. And yeah. I can tell you now, he's got a printout of it, uh, like hanging on his wall. And when you see it in the printout version, it's like, that is a moose, you know? Yeah. And they've tested it on kids, you know, like, um, show them the photo, and like, what's this? And they say, oh, moose. And, like, in the you don't really see it until you see the actual printout and it's in big version yeah. that it is a moose. But, you know, in those days, trail cameras. Well, like, that's in, in Fjordland, little, like, with the yeah. moisture, and then the quality of cameras you're probably using without a budget. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was I don't think anybody was backing him with the top of the line gear. He was using what he had. Well, he was telling me that the first trail camera that he used it took five car batteries to run it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and, and in this day and age, now they're the size of your cell phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they let you know when they've taken photos. And yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. how do you expect to take a, you know, crystal clear photo of a moose yeah. with a Which something is what that runs on? Which is what we're basing that mm. on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or our generation, or my generation, your generation, whatever. Like, And because and I know when I talk, again, talk to John Reen with that, you know, keep going back and referencing him, his his exact wording, and he even said this the other day when I, I drove past him, I was like, hey, they found another moose, John. And then he typically ends up another half hour conversation. But he said, well, Ken got a photo and it's either a moose or a horse. There's no fucking horses in there. <laughs> that's that's how he words it. And it, to me, it's yeah. that's probably the best way to word it, you know? Yeah. So... So back to your the sighting. I know it's hard to think back, but what what made you believe that it was a moose? Like you, you saw the whole animal. Yeah, the like the whole thing was just standing right in the middle of the green clearing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like sort of that. It looked like astroturf from the from the sky. You know, yeah. and standing right in the middle, and the thing looked like a horse, <laughs> like it was mm-hmm. a big animal. And it was dark. Um, the most distinctive thing that keeps replaying in my brain is I, I remember it um, like flicked its flicked its head, like mm-hmm. um, shook its head, and you could like its ears kind of flopped, you know. And yeah, that was this. Uh, That's a, something you've seen before for y- sure. Cause yeah, you're the wording of it incites a memory of me of that like you know we've never hunted together not for moose like you know yeah but it's still, that is a thing you know when you watch moose it is yeah and, and like they have massive ears you'll know that you've mm. turned a few inside mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and that was the most distinctive thing had a quite you know big long nose on it yeah and i got i sort of it was a directly on top of the moose view mm-hmm. didn't see like the side on view so I couldn't really tell how tall it was, you know, but um, looking down on it, you know, it resembled... Yeah, well, and that, that gives you a real good, yeah, 
comparative. Like when you're talking to moose, like the higher you are and the more you look down on their ears, like yeah. they not as a doubter, but they quickly become moose, not red deer. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. When you, if you're visually in that way, visualize it. And I've way. I've seen a few moose from the sky too, you know, flying around in the float plane mm. and um, see them as well. So that's not an un uncommon angle in my brain to mm-hmm. see an animal, you know, especially a moose flying <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. So, so from that, obviously, just to put the whole thing. So you basically fly back get the clients make sure they've had a good day and pass that on and then what goes through your brain then like well I sort of said to another one of the pilots like you know I I just seen a moose and he was and that was really cool because he was like oh really like whereabouts you know and he was there wasn't any doubt in his in his um, voice or in his mind or anything that I had seen a moose Mm because Yeah, and that, and that kind of like installed actually a bit of confidence that um, that I had, you know, because up until that point, the only person I could base a decision off was Matt, mm-hmm. who, you know, totally had doubted me, and for good reason, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I sort of left a wee bit like, maybe was I seen something, you know, and then I come back and actually realise that, oh, uh, maybe there is a few people around that that believe me, you know. And believe it, enough. It, yeah, yeah and, it, and it installed a bit of confidence that, yeah, I actually did see a moose, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, so I talked to him and he was like, well, there's only one person we've got to ring, <laughs> yeah. and that's Ken Dustin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we rang Ken and, well, actually uh, got got a hold of Marg, who's his um, wife, and and, you know, she sort of, answered the phone and we told her the news and she's oh I've got to sit down (laughs) (laughs) here we go again (laughs) poor lady (laughs) she said oh well you better come around and tell Ken so he jumped in the car and cruised around to Ken's house and had a cup of um, coffee with him and told him the news and I mean he was like a kid in a candy store you know someone has seen a moose he was Yeah. yeah and like I'd met Ken before couple of times just in passing didn't really know him but I thought he was you know I thought he was a bit mad like yeah. Yeah, ch- yeah. chasing the moose around like that is kind of the Sasquatch of the uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of exactly. Fjordland and yeah now I have a lot of respect for the man eh? it's, yeah. yeah and did, in one of the articles I read and again I don't know how much truth is in it because did, did you and Ken fly back there yeah, so the next day um, we sort of took off and like, right, we'll fly in there and have have a look. And Ken kind of envisioned like this valley that had a whole lot of um, like feed in it, you know, like a whole lot of fuchsia and mm-hmm. um, I forget the name of the other plant that he was using the term of. But anyway, whatever, just like a rich, uh, food-rich valley he expected to see and we flew in and he was kind of like oh there's a bit of feed around but it's not it's not heaps you know so we right oh so we landed and went in and kind of had a look in the clearing and it's like one of them clearings that you just you can't see marks in it you know yeah, like yeah. you sort of see a little bit of an indent in the mm-hmm. thing but you can't you can't face anything off that yeah so we walked around for half an hour an hour or something like that and um Found maybe a, a couple of bits of like stuff that could have been moose sign, um, you know, maybe a year old or something like that, where they've broken, you know, up quite high, broken off the branch and sort of like sucked the leaves off the. Wrapped the tongue around it. Yeah, <laughs> done the like, thing, eh? Yeah. And you see it like that in Canada too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like we've seen a bunch of that, and it was weird because I've never seen that before. In the bush, maybe it's just because I haven't been looking, looking for, for it. it. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, it was quite cool. Once I actually started to look for moose sign, it was kind of a little bit evident that maybe yeah. there were moose in that valley. You know. Yeah. So we didn't find anything that crash hot directly like concluded. Yeah. It as a moose, which was a bit disappointing. You know, like I thought I was. 
in that helicopter fizzing, like, we're flying back in, we're going to find, like, you know, Moose had to rub up on his tree and here's Some hairs. half a dozen hairs, yeah. something, and I'm like, that would just make my day, you know, like, mm. that would get rid of any doubt, all that, and I was, yeah, and then we didn't find anything. Yeah. And flew but back and, yeah. Because I know, like, you know, obviously people have been messaging me and that, and, and like, people, like, like I, with, say, to put it into real Kiwi type, like, I've seen a pig walk through a clearing, gone down there and put the dogs on it, and my dogs never call them champions, but they're certainly capable of catching pigs, that's what they do for a living. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just look, it'll be funny. Yeah. You know, or and I won't even find the marks. And I've seen, seen the animal go through it. Yeah. Like, I know that's happened, but the way the gait of the animal was, the the way I've perhaps misinterpreted the height they moved through the clearing, and some clearings are way bigger when you're standing in them than that, you know, how they look from across the gully or, you know, and, and sometimes things just don't line up to find the animal again. Like I Exactly, yeah. I, I'd, never, I'd never doubt that. That's happened to me too many times in my own hunting. Um, so I... I understand why it was probably a little bit dejecting for you, dejected. Well, you've all, you always, well, you've probably had this happen to you too before. Like, even if you shot a deer and it's taken off, like sometimes that you think the thing's leaking like a sieve, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you think surely you can follow that blood trail, and you're following it, following it, then it just stops, you know? And you think, what is wrong yep. here? And it's just might just be the terrain that it's on, it's slightly changed and it's harder to see or mm. there's no footprints, you know, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. And I didn't really expect that, eh? When I went back in there, yeah. I thought this would be a piece of cake. Like, Well, when you're talking about such a big visual or a big sighting or whatever the way you want to word it, like, you're basically looking for validation because you know as soon as that become public it's going to split the demographic like yeah, yeah <laughs> you know exactly, and I can yeah. understand as a, as a just as a human being like nothing to do with hunting nothing to do with potentially seeing a moose or anything like to be able to validate what it is you've publicly said or said out loud everyone's looking for that like that's oh exactly that's isn't that human nature thing yeah there's plenty of keyboard worries out there that, oh no hard on this uh, yeah. topic but um, yeah I think Ken's uh, planning a bit of a trip in there mm-hmm um, have another look. I'd like to go in there too at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a bit of a rough time of year to go in. Yeah. Um, coming up shortly, you know, just with the roar and that. There, yeah, yeah. I mean, chance uh, there might be some hunters or something in the area, and you you don't really want to invade on their spot. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to go in, especially once it all kind of dies down a wee bit. And mm-hmm. but. There's another guy that Ken um, heard from in that there's sort of a saddle that runs in between the valley I was talking about earlier, the adjacent valley and the valley that this moose was in. And there was a guy standing on it, I think it was last year, or it was, maybe it was two or three years ago, somewhere, and he swears that he heard a cow moose calling mm-hmm. in, in um, what would be the rut, you know. And he, like, he's spent time in Canada and he swears that he heard a moose cow call you know so it's a very different noise it is yeah and <laughs> <laughs> like a, the only other thing that I think that would make that noise is a deer and I've I don't know about you I've never heard a deer no like not like that. like that but not not for you to not for again and when we talk about the real basics not for your your brain to go that was a moose yeah, like, you know you yeah. hear noises in the bush and you go well must have been a roar or a weak roar or a hind yeah. looking for a young or, or a fawn bleed, something like that. Like your brain goes to what you think it is. And if this guy's done a bit in Canada and heard that before and that was what he goes to, like that's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a little bit in that. So I think he's pretty keen to go in as well and um, mm-hmm. have a look too because that's, in that area, you know, that's a couple of pieces to a puzzle that yeah. didn't, were undiscovered beforehand, you know, mm. and... Maybe that's just putting putting two and two together. Yeah, I don't know. Well, More least, of a chance least, of finding least, something. I guess, and then this is only my brain talking out loud. At least the the evidence or, or the pieces to the puzzle are within the last two or three, four. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. We're not trying to drag one bit from the 50s or 60s, 70s. No, that's right. The, you know. So that, that I, don't, I, don't know, I don't even know if it's installing hope. Like, I don't, I don't know what the wording is, but it definitely validates it more, mm-hmm. wanting to go and have a look, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, yeah, I think if I got a, if I got the chance to go in there, I think I'd just go in there with a camera, you know, mm. um, because I, you know, if you go in there and, with a rifle, you know, and you're like, oh, I'll look for a moose, but I'll do a bit of hunting at the same time, yeah. shoot a deer, then you kind of lose the point of why you're well, you just distracted, eh? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, I'm actually pretty keen to get in there. Just, mm-hmm. It's just a little bit overwhelming at the moment. Yeah, to, I don't doubt. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of that, man, there. like, well, I mean, from the thing that's happened in my mind, and it's quite a hard one for me to swallow, even though, like, I, I, I was not even close to seeing the most, but I was pretty adamant, like I said, that the unfortunate reality is that our days of moose have gone. Then a guy that I know, that I know spent time in Canada, that I know like I've trained and hung out with personally, so I sort of know your personality as such. And then and then I, you know, did a couple of my own assumptions in the fact that you started a new job. It's quite a hard place to be all of a sudden in the spotlight, you know, like it's easy just <laughs> yeah. to be quiet and getting on with your job. And I was like Damn it, I was like I was like, I don't know if it's convinced me yet. But what I am sure of is that you're a hundred percent sure you saw a moose. Like that's to me, that's where I'm, I don't, and I don't know what that means for me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to go. Yep, but I am a hundred percent adamant that you believe you saw a moose. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and that's um, yeah. I think like there's a lot of people that are pretty quick to jump to conclusions like, oh, there's no way that's happened based on nothing you know mm, yeah. like they they don't know who's seen it they don't know anything like that and um yeah it's kind of a bit annoying to yeah to uh be stereotyped as yeah, yeah. just your average punter that's flying yeah, around yeah. you know yeah well um, even though the little bits that you shared on this podcast like not knowing that it was or may have or was even close to an area that others had perhaps found evidence of moose to think that you're in a helicopter with clients because you know from the articles it's kind of read a bit more like you and your boss or your workmate were flying around you yeah. were doing your training or you know yeah and you saw a moose but the two of you quickly turned around and you couldn't find it again like it all read a bit yeah but wishy-washy you know what i mean that's why i wanted to have a podcast and actually talk about it so yeah, exactly. I, I definitely think You've you've lengthened out the story and, and filled a few gaps for some people. Yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to come and see you, you know, because yep. I've listened to a few of your podcasts and, you know, they do go through and give you the, the background of what's happening. And, um, you know, I had, like, people ringing me and all they all they want is just to make their paper readable, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, even... I won't say any names, but I even told, like, someone, one reporter, like, one thing, and it comes out in the paper slightly different, different, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, what part of that didn't you hear, you know? Like, uh, is this just to make your story a little bit better, or... Well, and they're probably not hunters or anything, like, you know, literally, they're all, I guess, because of the time I have spent in the the paper and the, the media industries, like... As a sales rep, they are also a sales person. Uh, as a reporter, they're also a sales person for the paper. Like, yeah, the 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 little bit they can bend to increase the popularity of a story is where they get their cream in their roll, if you like. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I do, I do understand that. But also, if you were if you were completely withdrawn from the hunting industry, and you knew there was a guy like Ken who spent the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, looking for moose and failed. And then all of a sudden, a young fella flying a helicopter sees one. Like, there's a bit of romance to it. So it's like, ah, oh, that's easier. Just put that up. Yeah. And, and then when the hunters read it, oh, it's full, full of shit. Like, there's no way. Or or there's the purest. They're like, hell yeah, it's it's on again. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. It is. I don't. I don't doubt. 
the good and bad has come from it in terms of well, your phone at the moment, I imagine, is not an enjoyable piece of machinery. Yeah, today's uh, <laughs> today's been alright, you know. Yeah. I just, oh, I had it, Sunday was right too because it was turned off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, like originally I didn't really want to put it to the media or anything like that because mm-hmm. I kind of knew what was coming, you know. I knew that like, oh, you know, people would just call you mad or whatever. Yeah. Um, And that's not a feeling that, I kind of like, you know, someone thinking yeah, that, I'm, that I'm mad. Yeah, so I wasn't that keen for it. And then uh, we sort of thought, like, well, maybe we should get the story out there now while it's um, well, it's fresh and, and no one knows about it, as opposed to the rumour mill, uh, yeah, you know, right. going getting around. Diluted and getting diluted or Getting diluted, next minute there's, oh, there was 15 of them standing in the clearing and they're yeah. all fighting and, you know, like, the... That's just the way things work, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chinese get, whispers. Yeah, Chinese yeah. whispers, exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we thought, oh, right, and um, had a good bit of support from um, a couple of the guys and at work and Ken and, you know, it was, mm-hmm. okay, we wrote a bit of a story. And um, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. It'll go in the field and advocate. Um, <laughs> be, uh, Job done. <laughs> m- <laughs> middle of the paper, like. yeah. yeah. <laughs> little bit of a side story or something and here it comes out front page and then my phone's off the hook for the next three days you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not something I expected you know I didn't yeah. actually realize that this was such a um such a following behind it you know yeah well that's um, that's actually one of the things when people have said oh do you know this guy Ben do you know and you know and I was just saying well actually I do and then like, what do you make of it? And I'm like, well, I know he's seen it. This is before a conversation today. I was like, I know he's seen enough moose, live moose. And again, like I said earlier, he's new to his job. So in my mind, it's not a great time to become a social figure. But I said also, the time I spent with him, he was just a pretty quiet dude that was pretty happy to go along with whatever was going. And when he decided to do it, he did it 100%. And that was his whitewater uh, kayaking and stuff like that. I was like, and that's the kind of guy. I said, he, he has no way doing this for any sort of publicity or spotlight like it's yeah, it's a long cool. way away from where you, your personality sits yeah you know so I, I, I do feel a bit sorry for you in that fact that you know that's, that's the unfortunate reality of where you're at now yeah you ride it out for a bit <laughs> <laughs> well it's, a, it's a, one half of me you know I'm thinking oh I should have just <laughs> shut my mouth and kept quiet yeah. then the other half is like well it's pretty cool um, to document yeah, you know something like that. It, well, the um, the thing is though, like, and and again, I've I've already put it publicly on another podcast how I I didn't believe there was most there, but if this leads to, I guess, more evidence and potentially a, or something like it's it's part of it will be part of New Zealand's history. Like it's oh, it's yeah. a massive thing. It's not just a another hunter thing and he's come up with another story. It's actually a massive massive thing like it's it's real big way bigger than yeah. you probably understand yet i understand at all you know like it's a big thing yeah so um i guess that's probably like you say you weren't expecting it that's probably the part we probably misunderstood you know like others around the world or some of the you know people in the papers and that they maybe they do see it as what it actually is yeah yeah i think <laughs> it's it's been uh mind-blowing eh? yeah but and it, and it, like you say, it, it's could only be the start of it, you know. Mm. Imagine if go back in there and we find or get a photo of it. Yeah, it's funny that, <laughs> the photo thing. You know, when we started to spin around, I was like, "Oh, I'll get my phone out, get my phone out," and I've got a crack in my camera, <laughs> so I like pull my phone up and it, the screen's like wobbling like this, and yeah. I'm going, "Oh." It's adding up like this. Is... <laughs> yeah, I've just recreated history. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this moose is standing in the middle. I'm going to get a photo of it all wobbly and it's going to be 10 feet long. Like, <laughs> and they're going to say, that is not a, that's Photoshop. That's yeah, not yeah. a clear photo. And I was, oh, it was fun around. It wasn't there anyway. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. But it's a shame that you were going into it hesitant. You know what I mean? Well, not hesitant, but having yeah. to think that way. But, you know, you think, I always thought like, oh, if there's a moose in fjord and like, Easy to get a photo of it. Easy to get something of it, you know. But it's not easy. No. <laughs> but I mean, the guys that 
you know, I've done a few trips there, and the guys that generally hunt Fjordland will understand that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you get you get lucky in there sometimes, but pretty much it only comes down to hard work, small chances, like, everything's that way. You know, even the successful hunting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so then when you try and look at, you know, to perhaps a species with really small numbers and stuff like that, like, it is low odds game. Like, it's... It is, it's yeah, just, very yeah, low it's a tough one. So what about, I like, like I say, from this, I don't know where I sit, but <laughs> I'm more confused than when I was a week ago, put it that way. <laughs> um, but what about, so you're going to go, you got raw hunts planned? We don't need to keep talking about the moose. Or unless you want to talk about the moose more. No, nah, I think we've covered it pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the raw is kind of a funny time for me, like um, with the crayfishing, you know, the quota system rolls over in April and... Um, we that's the busy time of year for fishing mm-hmm. was I don't know this year is a bit funny oh, with coronavirus, coronavirus yeah, like right. by the way you know crayfish is a good cure for coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> plug 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 yeah. yeah so that's that why you shot your big stag in July last year yeah <laughs> well you seen that one didn't you <laughs> yeah yeah but that yeah like I don't get me wrong like when we're fishing we do, do a lot of hunting and yeah yeah in that, but we don't. I don't get a chance to do a get trip. Right into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's fine. You know, I've got other times of the year that yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, I can still have a lot of fun, yeah. and I still do get after it. But yeah, unfortunately, I can't. Ah, good man. Well, that, yeah. that's probably enough for me. Um, normally, I'd close a podcast with like, "How do we follow you and stuff?" But do you want to just stay out of that one? <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. fair enough, man. Totally understand. I guess if you are going back or that that sort of thing lines up, um, in all honesty, good luck with what it is you're hoping to figure out in there, you know? Yeah, like, cool. And I mean that. I definitely get, like, one, the story would be awesome, but I definitely get how it probably hits you pretty hard, the doubt, or, or the doubt of others and stuff like that, so. Yeah, yeah. I'd, it'd be nice to clear it, clear, yeah, yeah, clear yeah, it up yeah. a bit, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's no... There's no need to in your mind. I can no, see that. Right, I can yeah. see it in the way you're talking. But, but there's social pressure stuff. There's no more way to clarify something than getting a photo or getting some DNA or something like that. Like, that would be best case scenario. But at the end of the day, like, go in there, don't find anything. Like, you haven't lost. You yeah. Know, you're still, but it still keeps you a little bit like. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Nah. Right, awesome, Ben. Thank you very much for your time, man. Yeah, thanks, Karen. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. There was one thing Ben mentioned before he left. He really wanted to give a shout out to the office ladies. He said uh, over the last week they have fielded an abnormally high level of phone calls and he does apologize for that and he promised you he will get you smoko one day soon. Thanks ladies. G'day. Thanks for listening to the Educated Hunter podcast. There are a number of ways you can connect with myself, Matthew Gibson, or my partner in crime, Curran Island, at The Educated Hunter. And the hub for all of this is our website, theeducatedhunter.com. Our Instagram page is at theeducatedhunter. Our website also has a spot where you can sign up for our newsletter that comes once every two weeks and is full of relevant information about hunting in New Zealand and around the world. And lastly, you can search out any of the episodes that we've done in the past and find the show notes on that episode. Other than that, thanks very much for listening and I hope you're having a good day wherever you are and your next hunting adventure is not too far away.